Welcome back, friends, to Courage is Calling. I am back. I'm back after a little break from recording this podcast for you. Uh, and I have a new little burst of energy and some reflections that I want to share. I have been uh, working on some new stuff lately, some resources and training uh, that I've been putting together on building resilience uh, for work that I've been doing with some companies and some teams. And I thought it would be helpful for me to share this here with you so you can see how it might make sense for you and your work or for your team or for your business. It's no surprise really to me that I'm hearing more conversations about resilience lately um, and having people come to me to support their work or their teams or themselves in understanding and building resilience. In times of rapid change and so much uncertainty, uh, we really do need to get to grips with what it means to be resilient. Now more than ever, we need to learn the tools, the practices that can support us to manage ourselves through disappointment, through tragedy, through chaos and flux. And what I want to use this space today to share about is what I'm calling the pyramid of resilience building, the structure that needs to be in place for sustainable growth and development and fulfillment and capacity. Because really resilience isn't the end sum, the end outcome of what we're looking for when we talk about resilience, is it? I'm struck that when people come to me wanting to look at this word resilience, they're often actually talking about something else. Really what they're talking about is a greater capacity to stay in alignment with their values or to grow as people, to feel more fulfilled or to have a better capacity to do the work they love and live their lives more meaningfully and more present. I think those are all the kind of goals of being resilient. So we need to talk about what the pathway is to it. So um, I am going to cover this in maybe a series of maybe two or three episodes. But today I want to break down this pyramid model so you can see clearly what is most important to be in place in order to to see resilience have the room to grow. Um, So if you can, in your mind's eye, imagine a pyramid structure and at the bottom foundation of that pyramid in building resilience would be emotional or internal safety. And that's what what I'm going to cover today. The next layer up in that pyramid would be self and co-regulation. The next layer would be resilience. And then the top of the pyramid is this idea of sustained growth, sustained fulfillment, capacity, meaningful present life. So let's dig into the first thing, the very foundation of resilience building, emotional or internal safety. Internal and emotional safety is so intrinsic, so intrinsic to our ability to be able to handle pressure and stress and chaos and difficult situations and not have it swallow us up. Because if we don't feel emotionally safe in our environment with the people we are with, with the expectations that we're maybe being held to, then the foundation is shaky from the start. If we don't have the tools to understand how to find emotional safety, the pyramid towards resilience is not it's not off to a great start. And what I mean by internal emotional safety is twofold. It's a strong knowledge of self 
and of our triggers, of the things that fire off and activate our nervous system into the fight, flight, freeze and fawn response. And then secondly, is it's the emotional safety that comes from our environment, from people that feel safe to us, who actively promote our emotional safety and that of others. So I want to ask you to reflect right here. Um, maybe you want to grab a, note, a notebook, a journal. You can even pause this episode and jot some stuff down. But what does internal or emotional safety feel like for you? I want you to think about the times where you have felt emotional safety and trust. And take a moment to just experience what that feels like in your body. Where do you feel that sense of safety, emotional, internal safety and trust? Who are you around when you experience that? And how does the conditions around your work impact your feelings of internal safety? And then on the flip side, adversely, I wonder what the triggers or threats are that can often make you feel emotionally or internally unsafe. You know, we can really easily name those things in the physical world, things that physically make us feel unsafe, like, you know, certain areas of our cities or heights or, you know, certain rodents or insects that (laughs) we come across, whatever. We know what it is in the physical world that makes us feel unsafe. But I wonder what it is that comes up for us um, when it comes to emotional or psychological threats. What are the ways um, that other people respond or react that makes you feel emotionally unsafe? And the reason this is so important is because when we're emotionally safe, feeling like we are able to be and respond in a more rational capacity, we are more able to regulate ourselves when difficulty comes. And we're going to talk about regulation in the next episode. And someone who is exposed to environments or people who don't feel emotionally or internally safe or someone who isn't able to understand their own inner triggers or self-doubt is more likely to have a nervous system that is activated and be out of their window of tolerance, struggling to regulate or respond rationally. I want to share with you a quote um, about this idea of windows of tolerance from Linda Graham. She's a psychotherapist, a consultant and trainer, um, and she specializes on the neuroscience of resilience. And she says this, the autonomic nervous system is central to resilience because it keeps us in a window of tolerance. The window of tolerance is a zone where our nervous system is relaxed, calm, alert, engaged. When we're in our window of tolerance, which we hope is most of the time, we feel centered and balanced. Everything is humming along in equilibrium. When we're in our window of tolerance, we can perceive, process, respond to life's events with a kind of wise equanimity. We can cope. We can be resilient. And so how do we do this? How do we establish a sense of emotional or internal safety as this foundation or bedrock for building resilience? Well, I have a few things that I think are key and I want to share those with you. The first one is self-awareness. 
So understanding, just like you've journaled some of your thoughts down, maybe, or they've gone through your mind as this podcast has gone on, understanding the situations and the people or the conditions that really threaten your emotional safety. This is key. The external sources that can contribute to not feeling emotionally safe. And also what is key is noticing and coming to know more deeply the voice of your own inner protector and how it shows up when you feel vulnerable or when you're approaching something emotionally risky. Keeping a close ear to hear when that voice is raised within us rather than our wise sense of intuition. So that self-awareness is key. The second thing I think that's really important um, in, in really finding emotional safety and, and establishing that is boundaries with others. Being clear about your expectations and gathering clarity from others about theirs. Having difficult conversations when you need to instead of settling for ambiguity and feigned comfort. Knowing what lines you aren't willing to cross or that you won't allow others to cross. Being loyal to your needs and the conditions that enable you to feel emotionally safe and making sure that you follow through with those boundaries and conditions. The next thing that I think is is super important in establishing emotional safety is curiosity and compassion over shame and blame. Shame and blame in most contexts will always add fuel to the fire of feeling emotionally unsafe. So if we're able to slow ourselves down and welcome curiosity and compassion to the things we feel are difficult or feel emotionally risky, we can gently diffuse those feelings, not bypass them. We aren't in the business of pretending we don't feel how we feel, but approaching our feelings with curiosity, like, hmm, I'm finding myself really nervous about this conversation I have to have with a coworker or a boss or a client, even though they are usually really lovely. I wonder what that is. I wonder why I'm worried about that. What what could be going on for me here? Or this deadline is feeling really stressful right now. I wonder if this is something I can push back or ask for more support with so that I can approach it more rationally instead of catastrophizing or spiraling into self-doubt. Curious thinking can be so supportive and help us maintain some emotional safety and then dolloping on some compassion instead of blame. So it sounds like the last time I had to have a tricky conversation, it didn't go well. Well, it makes perfect sense that this would have me feeling nervous. I know I can do this and be okay. And it's fair that I feel worried about the outcome. Compassion. Or maybe it's, oh, there's a lot to get done here. There's a big deadline looming and I need to make sure I'm not running myself into the ground. I really deserve to feel able to complete this project in a way that isn't so frantic. Right? That sense of having your own back, compassion and curiosity over shame and blame. And then the the final thing that I think can help us maintain and establish emotional safety is having a strong sense of values alignment, uh, being aligned more deeply to our values is going to help steer us in our decision-making and give us the satisfaction of integrity that can help us feel emotionally safe. Ultimately, 
Emotional safety requires our willingness to be able to recognize what feels unsafe, decipher if that risk feels protective in a way that's going to move us towards our goals or keep us from them, come back into our window of tolerance so we can respond and react to whatever is happening from a a place of courage, of calm, of clarity, curiosity and compassion, all the good C's. If we're unable to recognize our emotional safety triggers and always feel like we're operating outside of our window of tolerance, we will find difficult situations more and more hard to manage. Our nervous systems won't ever have a proper opportunity to reset and retreat. And it's up to us. It's up to us to do the work to determine what this aspect of building resilience requires from us. Maybe for you, it's a keener sense of boundaries. Maybe it's a deeper understanding of the protective voice that holds you back. Maybe it's being more clear about your values and and getting into more alignment with what you believe and what you do. This really is important work and a crucial baseline in the trajectory of building resilience. So if you are finding that you yourself or your team is struggling to deal with setbacks, um, is really struggling with feedback or disappointment, then start here. Start prioritizing what emotional or internal safety looks like for you or for your team or your people. What can you do to help yourself or your people recognize what it feels like to establish safety internally so that they can turn towards that safe emotional landscape in times of difficulty or stress? As always, I am here. I am willing to chat more and you can email me at hello at melwiggins.com if there's anything I can do to further support you with this, um, to support you, to support your team in resilience building. Know that I would love to do that and you can contact me via email or DM uh, on Instagram for more details of what that could look like. I have training workshops and packages for teams and leaders I'd love to share with you. And if you're a female business owner keen to develop some of these tools to support the building of your business and to develop you as a business owner, we do all of this in my four-month brand builder program, which is open right now. And you're welcome to check that out in the show notes. Okay, folks, I will be back in a fortnight with the next piece of the pyramid where I will be sharing about what it means to regulate when your nervous system is activated to regulate when stress shows up. Um, That's going to be super interesting. So make sure you are subscribed uh, so you get notifications when that episode drops. Thank you as always for listening and I will talk to you next time.